Here's the thing. Lift Anna. Excellent, Eva. Where's the turnout, Jody? After everything we've talked about, I'm not seeing it. You understand what I'm saying? Use what you have and turn up. Jesus, she heard you. Excuse me? She heard you. We all heard you. You don't have to speak to her like that. Anyone can see she's working her ass off. That's enough, Miss Rodriguez. This is my classroom, and I will run it as I see fit. If you have a problem with that, you are free to leave. You need to work on your turnout. Uh, I tried and I fell. You did. You fell a couple times. I could do it <laughs> if and, here, and you screamed like a woman. It hurts. Here the here are the here the thing. <laughs> I can do it if I don't have to do it all the way, and if I can hold on to something on both sides. So that's all that's separating me from being a ballet dancer. A ballet. Sorry, ballet is French. I'm an American. I say ballet. Uh, ballet is B A L L O T. Oh, so ballet. There you go. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your turnout is atrocious. Although I really wanted to record you doing that and put it on Instagram for everyone. It's not to see. great. It's not great. Like, imagine a drunk ape mixed with a hobo who's being forced to do tricks. It's it just it wasn't good. No. I could tell it wasn't good and I'm inside looking out. It exactly. looked probably looked terrible. Exactly. Happy Memorial Day. Hey everybody. Happy Memorial Day. How are you? Howdy. We are recording this on Saturday night. Yep. But you are listening to this on Memorial Day. Technology's fucking bananas. It is. We're in the past right now. What's happening on Monday? Are what? we all still alive? Let are us we, know. Where are where are we? Yep. Check in with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So last week we had a hell of a time <laughs> watching Haywire. Haywire. Yeah. Haywire with uh, the nation's deadliest weapon. She is our nation's most valuable weapon. Yep. Yeah. Gina think, Carano. Isn't that right? Isn't that because we said it wrong literally the entire podcast. I was going more for we the. We were like, we were saying America's most superest, deadliest, strangest. Something. I think I'm still saying it wrong, but it was the nation's. I don't even remember. Deadliest weapon or something like that. I was going more for like the vibe because I just couldn't get over the vibe of the voiceover dude. Yeah. Because the movie came out in 2012. She was so our nation's. That trailer was like. 20 years past its time like that guy with the voice and the, the but stuff perfect for it though yes like hilarious but like i mean come on like that was an amazing yeah. kind of throwback trailer like yeah that's the guy who does like the tango and cash trailer sylvester stallone and kurt russell <laughs> tango and cash we had a great time doing that mm -hmm. i had a great time watching it daniel daniel made a good call with that um not uh -huh. a good call with his original pick right an excellent uh pickup after that Haywire made you say yay wire. I hope you edit that out. That was terrible. I might. Although I will say we we drove out of we drove out into the country for dinner tonight, uh -huh. and there was a uh, a big sign advertising um, farm stuff, and it was these two huge words: "Hey, H E Y." Hey, H A Y, and I couldn't stop yelling, Hey, hey. She laughed both times. I did. We passed I... it going out, passed it coming back. <laughs> it just really tickled me. There's also, and I keep meaning to get a photo of it because we've done this drive a few times since lockdown started. There's a billboard 
closer to town than yeah. that one. And <laughs> clearly paid for by a private citizen with passion and a lot of money. It says that now is the time, basically, for instead of handshakes, the Vulcan salute to live long and prosper. I have not seen that. It's true. And I almost turned around to take a picture of it. And I regret not doing it because I'm not saying it right. It's a little poem. Like it rhymes. Yeah. About how now is the time to like, instead of shaking hands, do the Vulcan salute to live long and prosper. It is so pure that I want to find the man and become his friend. Become his friend for life. How do you know it's a man? It's it's names on it. It's like Mark something or other. Oh. He was, honestly, I do the same thing. If I had enough money to, to put up a billboard in the hill country and say, use the Vulcan salute for COVID, I put my name on it. Be like, come find me if you got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So today is this is my week. Mm-hmm. And I decided that we were going to celebrate. We, we're off the actual day by a week I think, are two weeks. But this is the 20th birthday of every girl's favorite movie, if not favorite, top five, 2000's Center Stage. I'm waiting for all the squeals. Yes, Center Stage. You love it. You're, if you if you have Cooper a... Cooper Nielsen. Cooper Nielsen. He talked to me. Now, let me make this very clear. This movie has a bad script, bad acting, and borrows plots from everywhere. But that does not change the fact that it is one of the most beautiful movies ever made because it's a love story to ballet. And um, you'll understand why the acting is not, you know, as good when I when I talk to you about it. But um I I am very aware of what I'm watching when I watch Center Stage. I'm watching a lot of really beautiful people dance, and I love ballet. I'm watching a great soundtrack, and like I said, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the beautiful people. It is the well, arguably the defining dance movie of its generation, and I had to show it to Daniel, and I knew that he was going to watch it and be like, "What the fuck did you just show me?" Because it's not network. There's nobody here that's winning an Oscar, but it's center stage. And all of the women who listen to this podcast are going to be like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, center stage. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I feel like if you're a woman currently under 50, you probably have a strong attachment to center stage. Yeah. 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 And and that's the thing. Like, I I knew of it because, I mean, you probably, you know, this is the part of the podcast where... We talk about why you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. We never introduced the show. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Hey, welcome, ready. This is a hey. show. It's called How Have You Not Seen This? I mean, you should have figured that out because it's been playing for minutes now. Yeah. And so, you, you subscribe to it. So you better subscribe to it. How do you it. not know what you're listening to? Yeah. Anyway, uh, How Have You Not Seen This? A husband and wife take turns showing each other movies. That's Tracy. That's Daniel. You got it. You're all caught up. Anyway, yeah. so I had not seen this because. How have you not seen this? How have I not seen this? It came out in 2000. That's the year I graduated high school. <laughs> so it And you didn't want to watch a totally girly movie? It could <laughs> not have dancers. appealed less to me if it had tried. <laughs> the only way it could have appealed less if they were like, with every ticket to center stage, we will stab you in the chest. They're <laughs> like, okay, that really doesn't sound like a movie I want to go see. But bar that, it no, no appeal for me at all. And yet, so many of the girls I knew uh, in my academic year in high school and college saw and loved this movie and still swear by it it was a huge movie for girls my age 
and a little and you know younger and older a little bit on both sides and i had never seen it because i didn't want to and it looked just not for me no it was not for you we watched it today and it's bad it's a bad movie so yeah okay but i'm gonna ask for i'm gonna ask you to not go back in time to better off dead no 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 no. here's the thing ask you to i so get the appeal oh my god like i so get it i got every single bit there are extended dance sequences for no reason there are hot not no reason there are extended dance sequences there are hot dudes in tight pants there's hip thrusting it's it's oh my god i get it it's the main the two main dudes have the same voice they're both like yeah i really i would you should do that's how you feel it they have the same voice well i'll tell you why in a minute um is one of them dubbed no oh i almost thought that so oh oh my goodness i got it it's not like i was watching it wondering why it appealed it's nothing but appeal and i could see why how it appeals now and throwing myself back 20 years to like girls i knew that were like 17 18 19 when this came out like oh my god i so get it it's an 18 year old girl who moves to the big city to become a dancer and has all these like love affairs and there's dance scenes and again can't stress this enough hot dudes jumping hot dudes jumping all over the place hither and yon tight pants feathered hair i totally get it the appeal is not feathered hair the appeal is rich and thick i totally got it yeah I totally got it. So let me let me make this clear. I've seen this movie so many times I couldn't tell you. And every time I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't good. Like, that's a bad line. That's a bad. That's not good. That's whatever. It's like not the point for, no. for anybody who likes this movie. It's no. like um, you don't. I mean, listen, forgive forgive me. Those of you who are like, this is great classical, you know, film. I'll be like, oh, bless your hearts boop um but it's not it's not good no but it's rich and And, and here's the thing i do not think a movie has to be good or you have to think it's good to enjoy it at all like i love movies that i'm like that's not a good movie you know i'm not gonna stand up and be like welcome to my ted talk about why crawl is actually genius no it sucks it you know you've changed yeah i know Uh, i grew up watching the last starfighter it's not great, but I adore it. Yeah. Because it was a childhood touchstone. So loving something and thinking it's good are not always attached. And I think one of the problems is people think if something's good, they have to love it, which no. Or if they love it, that means it's good, which no. You can make the arguments separately. So I like I, there are movies I love that I know that I believe are not good. Right. So that's what this reminded me of. Like right. this was it reminded me a lot of porn because um what follow me on the journey buckle up we're taking a drive around the neighborhood i don't care it's for this at all because it was a lot of wooden acting and rough line delivery she's squinting at me so much right now in between the big scenes that you're there for you know and like a really <laughs> thin plot but not in a bad way because it's what you came to the movie for you know i mean that in a good way you're essentially taking one of my young adult movies and equating it with Brazzers. <laughs> Are we sponsored by them? Do we get any money for that? Brazzers, sponsor us, please. Yeah, we have no sponsors. You we'll, know they have a lot of money. We'll take literally anything. Um, no, what it reminded me of also was it reminded me of Varsity Blues. Okay, thank you. It is the Varsity Blues of that generation, you know, for girls. 
varsity blue. I don't want you, your life. Exactly. There is an I don't want your life scene yes, in I'll tell you about this it. movie. And it reminded me so much of Varsity Blues, which I'd already been thinking of because I thought, okay, what do we have? We have a really predictable basic plot, but you're there for the action, whether it's football or dancing. You have the characters that you're there to see. Some are better actors than others. Some are better at portraying the sport on screen than others. And you're still there for the the stuff. Now that the dancers were better dancers than the football players were football players, but part of that was also just due to the editing, and you can cut the football scenes up to make them look really authentic and stuff. But Varsity Blues, late 90s soundtrack. It had dudes. Mandy Moore. It had I Don't Want Your Life. Playing football at West Canaan may have been the opportunity of your lifetime, but I don't want your life. It had a, a stranglehold on, like, guy brains of guys my age. Again, turned 18 in the year 2000. Varsity Blues is a huge high school movie and early college movie touchstone for people of my generation. The whipped cream bikini. Like, it's major. And you go in, and nobody would stand up and say, like, Varsity Blues is actually a penetrating treatise on father-son dynamics in the dialectic of late American. No, no one would say anything like that. I think Price would probably say that. Maybe, yeah. But it's not... He passionately about Varsity Blues. And here's the thing, like, you can love Varsity Blues and not think it's a good movie. You know, like, I have a fun time watching Varsity Blues. And so this reminded me of that. Like, okay, Varsity Blues was for guys. Center Stage was for girls of this generation. But they're the same basic movie and and approach. Does that make sense? Yes. Because you asked earlier, like, what movie were you thinking of? Yeah, I wanted to know what the boy version of Center Stage was. I think it's Varsity Blues. I think it's Varsity Blues, too. I think it's good. So... We're going to talk about Center Stage because I've got a lot of really cool trivia for you that you would not have. I have so many questions. You're welcome to them. Um, But you're going to listen to me first because... No, I meant like you would answer them by giving me the trivia. The questions will be answered. Yes, hopefully. I didn't do a deep dive for this because what are we we diving deep for? It's it's pretty shallow. Um, Hot dudes. So I... Oh my God, they're so pretty. There's this one moment oh. where one of the dude dancers, and I'm not going to talk about the movie plot because I know that's no, your job. Fine. One of the dude dancers is, he's down on his knees, kind of like kneeled, but also like squatting, right? Oh, when he's doing and that thing towards her, like no, grabbing her nope, ass? No, no. Oh. And he's got, uh, he's holding a female dancer over his head. I have my arms over my head right now because you just can't think about it without doing it, even though it's a podcast. And he goes from a seated position to a standing kneeling position, just like raising himself as if his knees were hydraulics and i was like your ass and thighs must be made of pure terminator grade steel how are you a human being doing this without computers it's amazing like i totally got it well yeah that's the thing there are okay and i think the same i think this this also could go for like ice skaters um oh good call and and gymnasts um Ballet dancers are are a full, they're like they're they're a people that are like not of this world. Like they don't they are what they do with their bodies is mm-hmm. so completely beyond what what the vast majority of of this world can think of doing with their body that we're just like Huh? Which is why it makes sense that they all marry each other, because, like, how are you going to be with a normal person when you look like that and you could do that with your body? Right. I mean, are you kidding me? I can't even fathom it. Um, I don't know how they ever stop having sex. Right. You're like some, like, ripped dancer, and you're like, this is my wife, Karen. We're going to Costco. Yeah. Like, nope, that's not it. 
That's not happening. Poor Karen. Poor Karen. <laughs> Karen, there's a guy out for you. There's yeah. a guy out there for you. He's at Costco right he's now. He's at Costco. <laughs> waiting for you to come yell at somebody. He's lost in the frozen food section. <laughs> Karen, please go Those find... His burgers are getting cold in his please hand. Please go find your spouse. Please go help him. Um, his name's probably Eugene. No, no. His name's probably Steve or something. Or, what's a good one? Not Brad. Okay, we're off the point. Dave. Okay, anyway. So the only article that I actually used, I used Wikipedia because what am I? Like, come on. Um, but there was this fantastic, like, incredibly long um interview on uh, vulture that's still there it's uh, called an oral history of center stage how 24 pairs of leather pants a tearaway tutu and red point shoes made for a generation's greatest dance movie by chloe angyal angyal chloe angyal uh so i'm going to be just quoting from this basically the whole time unless to talk about wikipedia so thank you to chloe in advance for your writing because i did not um yeah, she says, uh, like I said, tw- so this movie did not do well. Let me say that first. It did not make its money back. Although I imagine it has as a, I mean, Daniel always like corrects me when I say this kind of stuff, but I'm like, cult films end up making their money because people rent it all the time and buy it and all that afterwards. But box office wise, it did not make its money back. Yeah, a lot of times that's that definitely comes into play. Like when you do the basic research that like consumers like us have access to that gives you like just the basic what was the budget in the box office, you can kind of do the rough back of the envelope math. But the home video rentals and DVD sales and online rentals now like make it a totally different story. I mean, it's one of the reasons that if you just look at the box office of Office Space, you're like, oh, oh yeah. it tanked, but it was such a home video hit. That it was a success. Yes. So I have no idea. I don't have access to those numbers. Somebody in the no. studio want to call me? You're welcome to. Yeah. But Sony, I would imagine it made Sony, it give us a call. Yeah. Is Sony still in business or have they been, have they been bought by Disney? No, they're hanging out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amy Pascal, by the way, was in charge of Sony at the time. And she was like, I like this idea. She's, I want a ballet movie. She was crackers. And uh, she was one of the unfortunate victims of the Sony hack a few years yes. ago when her emails came out. And a lot of her emails leaked, and you realize the people at the top running movie studios know absolutely nothing and are just winging it. Like, as much as you make up your job and your day, that's them. They just are somehow doing it with billions of dollars. Yep, yep. But she wanted herself mm-hmm. she wanted herself a ballet movie, and she got one. Mm-hmm. Now, it was not received well, did not get good reviews. It cost $26 million, it made $23 million. Um, so, you know, they only lost. Close to breaking even. They definitely, I I would swear on a stack of Bibles that they ended up making far more than their budget. Yeah, because it's not like they paid a lot to advertise for it. There's no way there was a big marketing campaign behind Center Stage. Well, because with all the, I mean, I I can tell you people that have bought it, bought the soundtrack, bought the whatever. I mean, just, it's also had two sequels. Like direct-to-video? Yeah. Like the Sandlot. Yeah. Yeah. Two sequels that a lot of the, uh, original stars were in. Huh. Yeah. Including Peter Gallagher. Works um, work. Hey, works work, and he is a sexy motherfucker. That way, PDG. 20 years later, Center Stage is arguably the defining dance movie of its generation. The rare example of its kind that enjoys as much affection among dancers as it does among civilians. It might have seemed like a disastrous mismatch of a project. A decorated British theater director at the helm of an American ballet movie stocked with untested acting talent and dancers in their first film roles. Let me tell you who we've got in our roster. Nicholas Heitner 
I don't know how many of you know who he is. He's the director, right? Yes, he's the director. He is a very, very famous man. He was the artistic director of London's National Theater. He put on Miss Saigon, The History Boys, One Man, Two Governors. He also did The Madness of King George, The Crucible, The Object of My Affection, The History Boys. And anyway, he's, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw The Madness of King George, but it was amazing. I haven't seen any of those, but I recognized the name in the credits and I thought, oh, huh, I, I know that name. It's ringing a bell. But now that you list all these things, I was like, oh, okay, that's, I must have just heard him in connection very, with these other shows. Very famous and decorated. And so it was kind of like, wait, you you want to do what? You want to, sure. <laughs> you want to do this? Okay. It was his turn where? On center stage. <laughs> This movie was, okay, we have um, produced by Lawrence Mark, who I'm sure you you know, you don't know Lawrence Mark. Academy Award nominated, Emmy nominated, Globe Globe, 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 Globe winning American producer of such acclaimed hits as Julie and Julia, Dreamgirls, iRobot, As Good As It Gets, Jerry Maguire. He also most recently produced The Greatest Showman. The Uh, Greatest Showman. I've seen some of those. Listen, I don't even want to talk to you if you if you are going to talk shit about The Greatest Showman. I would never um, in this household do that. Grossing over $425 million. Even though you have never seen that movie, nor ever will. No, I haven't, but I know it backwards and forwards. Yeah, you do. He also produced Romeo and Michelle's High School what, high school Reunion, Last Holiday, which I fucking love. Huh. He's done a lot, a lot of movies. Some that you'd go, huh? And some that you go, oh. Like uh, Terms of Endearment, Trading Places, which he has never seen. Broadcast News. Yep. He's been around. Um, he's been around. So he produced it. The script was written by Carol... Carol... Heikinen, Let me see. Who did Empire Records, which is oh. also a little wooden. Yeah. Yeah. Another um, great 90s movie with yes. a wooden script and bad delivery. Yes. And some rookie actors. Yes. Of varying skill sets. Indeed. Well, Sinead O'Rebellion. <laughs> shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. That is so clever. I swear to God, you get smarter the shorter your skirt gets. So wow. we have starring Amanda Schul. Zoe Saldana, both of which it was their very first film role. Okay. Which I think is cool. If you want to see Zoe Saldana's very first film role, it is center stage. What was the first girl's name? Amanda Schul. She played Jody. Amanda Schul. Okay. Yes. Uh, Susan May Pratt, Peter Gallagher, Broadway star Donna Murphy, and Ethan Stifle, who was at the time the number one ballet dancer in the world. Like, Wow. Yeah, absolutely absolutely uh stupendous murphy who what was her name donna murphy donna murphy she was the teacher yes because i recognized her so hard massive broadway star that's Musicals, gotta be it um not that i've ever seen a broadway show but you've probably she's probably done i've seen her in clips of something well or some movie. i didn't look up her imdb but she's probably done like okay other stuff now they're also we also have sasha i don't know why they didn't put him here but sasha radetsky was in it as well as um I'm going to say it's pronounced Ian Bailey. It's those of you who are Irish, let me know. It's E I O N. Wouldn't that? Th- wouldn't you think that's Ian? E I O N. Ewan. Ewan. No, because if you think like Shield, Shield E I E I O N. I feel terrible. Ian. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry, Ian. But now I'm going to tell you how you know him because this was driving you crazy. It was. You ever get those like tip of your brain things where it's not that somebody like looks familiar. 
or they look kind of like someone else. Like, you know that you hardcore know someone. And as soon as you know, you're going to kick yourself. Okay, so you're going to kick yourself for that he's been in multiple things that you've seen. First and foremost, Fight Club. Okay, because here's the thing. I was thinking Fight Club when I was, saw him on screen, but then my brain kept slipping to Jared Leto. You ever have that where you think like, maybe they're in such and such movie, but then your brain throws in someone else who was also in the movie, so you get confused? So he was in Fight Club. Yes, he okay. was also in Almost Famous. He was also in Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers. That's that's it. Band of Brothers. Band he of Brothers. He also played the male prostitute in 30 Rock. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the one. Oh, okay, God. Okay, he's breathing. Okay. okay, good. The fever has broken. <sighs> Hold on. Just give me a minute. Okay. It's white wine, ice cubes, and Sprite. She calls it funky juice. I don't know if I want to do this. Just, just take. take he's the that one that they stuff. like. They make take Liz out and like yes. they tell him all the stuff to do. And and he's like, I'm being, I'm having second thoughts. Yeah. You feel, you feel better. Oh easy god. Easy breathing. Easy breathing now. That has been pestering me yep. all day. Yep. He keeps asking me. He's like, Can I just look it up? Can I just look it up? Now, um, something very cool about Ian Bailey is one of his best friends is from Fight Club, and it is the super sexy awesome instagram friend of mine i made that up he just likes all of my things hold mccallany hold mccallany which uh you would know from well from fight club but also most recently from mind hunters yep in fight club he's the guy who leads the his name is robert paulson chant and in mind hunters he's a fucking badass he's just amazing. see mind hunters it's on netflix they're not going to make any more probably it, we had it it's gone but watch it. It's just one of the greatest shows ever made. And Holt McCallany is absolutely amazing and super active with his fans on Instagram, which I love. Yeah. If you comment something nice, he'll like it. It'll give you a little rush. He'll like it. Sometimes he responds and then you run around the house squealing. Hypothetically. It, I don't know anyone that that's happened to. No, not here. Uh, no. The screenplay was uh, apparently punched up by legendary playwright Wendy Wasserstein. I don't really know what Wasserstein. I don't really know how she punched it up. To what I degree? Did she punch it down? Did I she, mean. <laughs> did she just go punch Carol in the face? This is not right. So now we're going to talk about this is eight of the main cast members, the producer, the costume designer, the choreographer, and a dance double. They did. They all got together and they shared memories about this movie and i learned so much that i did not know because i didn't care because i love the movie and i was i wasn't i didn't care how the sausage was made but it turns out the sausage making was really interesting um and did not involve murdering anything of the primary characters three were played by actual oh i should say this in the movie it's called aba and abc the american ballet academy and american ballet company it's meant to mimic the ABS and the ABT, uh, the American Ballet School and the American Ballet Theater. Yes, the American Ballet Theater. Okay, so three of the top of the primary characters were played by actual ABT dancers. Ethan Stifel, Sasha Radetzky, and Julie Kent, who plays the former love former girlfriend of uh, she's the prima ballerina of abt a real skinny one yeah that dances with uh yes got yeah she yeah, um uh-huh. her name is julie kent Thank she you. danced in uh she starred in a 1987 movie with um barishnikov like she's oh. the real deal no she seemed when she walked on on screen i was like that lady dances yeah you know but the casting directors went all over the country looking for the perfect 
professional ballerina to carry the star role of Jody Sawyer because Nicholas Heitner was like, I want authenticity. I want real dancers. And of course, everyone's like, you say what? Sure. Yeah. Let's get real dancers to play. Yeah. Because that's what they're known for is their acting. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You're kind of screwed. Do you get dancers and make them act or actors and either A, make them dance or B, use doubles? Well, they did both. Oh. And I'll tell you about it. Hit me. So they got Ethan Stifle first. Larry Mark was like, we got to get this guy because he's literally the shit. He I mean, played like, the main, the Cooper Nielsen, Cooper Nielsen, which is such a romance novel name. It's I know amazing. on a, on his motorcycle. He's got a motorcycle and oh, a leather yeah, jacket. Does. They actually added the motorcycle into the movie because he rode a motorcycle. Oh my God. Okay, good. It's like an, it's like, <laughs> it's, or it's like they asked like, uh, like young girls, like, what do you want? Like a motorcycle. And like, okay, bring Big him in. Blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super hot. Um, He's an amazing dancer and a, and a very, very terrible actor, but a sweet guy. But one of seriously, one of the most incredible dancers I've ever seen in my life. Same mm-hmm. with Sasha Radetzky. Um, Another amazing dancer and terrible actor. Yes. Oh, but when he's, oh my God, when he's like, and you're not all. You're not all splotchy. You're not all splotchy. I'm like. I guess, uh, uh, yeah. Do you think I'm an idiot for getting involved with him? No. I think he's an idiot for not treating you well. Let's go back. I can't. Sure you can. No, I'm all splotchy. I I feel... So use it. What? Whatever you feel, just dance it. You're not splotchy. (laughs) So Larry says, uh, at the time, it was a script, and I read it, and I was fascinated by it in a way that it wasn't schmaltzy. It seemed to be aspirational. It seemed to encourage young folks to go to ballet class, no matter what your body. I don't agree with that, but I do agree that it was very aspirational. I feel like the movie, however wooden, however bad the acting is, I feel like it did say to people um, of any age, be authentic, be who you are. Don't try to force yourself into a life role that is not right for you. Yeah. And I feel like every character uh, showed that. And I liked that a lot. So yeah, they get Ethan on board. Then they they're like, okay, now we've got to get all our dancers. So they Sasha Radetsky, which I this I did not know. He and Ethan have been really close friends since they were little kids. Huh. So that's where the similar accent comes from. Wherever they grew up. Okay. Would yeah. Because um, they talked the same. Yeah. They both had this kind of like flat broy like hey Judy, I remember your name. Let's go. What What do you want to do? <laughs> Let's go. Or, like, because it's Judy, right? His name Judy. Jody. Jody. You shit. just watched it. Well, it's clearly whatever. I was close. He was like, I remember your name, Jody. You want dessert with with my pants? What? And then the other guy's like, Nah, you're not splotchy. I think you should dance the way you feel it. He says it like nine times. They're from Wisconsin. Okay, they they talk the same. They have the same timber. It's to the point where you're like, did one dub the other? God. It's really funny. Ethan Stifle trained with Barishnikov. Like, yeah. MBD, just, you know. Oh, it's Stiefel. Stiefel. Sorry. It's Stiefel. Jesus Christ. All right. It's Ethan Stiefel. Ethan Stiefel. Ethan Stiefel. Ethan Stiefel. Um, Tricky who, name. Yes. Uh, was the principal dancer with the ABT 
from 97 to 2012, which is a long time. He was the artistic director of the Royal New Zealand Ballet. And his wife is Gillian Murphy, also a principal dancer with ABT. I don't know her, but I'm sure she is amazing. Anyway, uh, Sasha talks about how in the spring of 99, the audition started. Everybody knew about it. New York City Ballet and American Ballet Theater were the big classical and neoclassical companies in New York. And we all knew about it and everybody was auditioning because it was a movie that featured dancers as actors, which was not done like they didn't they didn't bring in dancers to act in movies. No, no. I mean, yeah, usually you try and find someone who can do both or if somebody's like a double or triple threat, you might build a story around them or take advantage of those skill sets, but you know, they usually don't just bring in dancers and say, "Here's the movie, you know, act yeah. in it." So, um the choreographer was Susan Stroman, who is a Tony Award-winning choreographer who's worked in theater, dance, film, and TV. Her notable Broadway productions include The Producers, Crazy for You, Contact, and The Scottsboro Boys, which I don't know those last two are fake <laughs> uh she says it was it was kind of ahead of its time you know this was before glee or before the dance tv shows that are on now to do a pure dance movie a movie that was celebrating dance and also a movie that at the end the girl ballerinas all have a mind of their own it was ahead of its time so i think people really wanted to be a part of it amanda Scholl, she was at a rehearsal for the end of the year student showcase with the san francisco ballet school so she was and also an actual dancer even though they make her out in the movie, they're like, your turnout isn't good. You don't have the right body, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I'm an actual dancer, but well, thank you. I figured they were all dancers. The one I was surprised by was Zoe Saldana because she went she on to... She's a dancer. So she, she was a dancer first? She was a dancer first. Okay, so she just got charisma because she's so good in this. She had a body double, um, but she she had a body double. No, I was, I was going to say her acting is so good in this. Yes, her acting. Uh, well, her, yeah. Because <laughs> her charisma is so natural because like, there's one scene where... Like the ballerina walks by and the girls, you know, kind of like laugh and they're like, she's so pretty. And she's like, I think she looks like a gerbil, which is like kind of a dumb insult. But like it's a PG-13 kid movie kind of insult. But she sells the line as actually vicious and snide. And you're like, oh, way to go. She's really good in this, especially for somebody A, so young and B, first movie. First movie. So that's why I was wondering if she was an actor they brought in who could also kind of dance. And I guess they they that's what it was because she's. Definitely the best of the dancers. Yes. In terms of acting. So Sasha went into, he was going to audition for the Russian guy because he did live in Russia and study there and speak decent Russian, but his accent wasn't very good. So the role of Sergei went to, this is so cool, Ilya Kulik, who was a gold medal winning Olympic figure skater who apparently did, a, he had just won the gold medal and was the first man to ever do a quad during the Olympics. What's that? I don't know. It's four of something. It's maybe it's four spins. Maybe. What? Do you want to look it up? Do what was it? That's it. Okay. I just did a spinning motion with my finger. So that's who he's Russian and he was prosh. I mean, just you wanted to just hug on him. The role of Charlie, which which Sasha ends up getting, who's the other super cute boy, was originally supposed to be named Carlos and be a Hispanic guy. And they gave the role to this guy, Angel Corella, who was um, this up and coming young Latino male dancer. And then Angel blew out his ankle. And so they call Sasha in and they're like, hey, you got it. And we're calling you Charlie, not Carlos, because Sasha does not look like a Carlos. Not at all. Real quick, a quad or quadruple, we were right, in figure skating is a jump with at least four but less than five revolutions. All quadruple jumps 
have four revolutions except the quadruple axle, which has four and a half, although no figure skater to date has landed the quadruple axle in competition. So a quad is a, a four rotation jump. So well done to Ilya Kulik. Well, out of way, buddy. I don't know how to say it in Russian because my parents wouldn't let me take it in high school. But if I did, I would say it to you. Yeah, Perestroika. Happy skating. Yes. So that's cool. Uh, that's how Sasha got his role. Amanda Schul, they were like, the minute they saw her, they were like, shabam, and gave her the job. Now, there were two roles that the casting team, they say, was willing to prioritize acting talent over ballet ability and hire dance doubles to make up the difference. Eva Rodriguez. The Zoe Saldana role. Yes. Zoe Saldana. Maureen, who was played by Susan May Pratt. So those are the two that they prioritized and acting Donna over Murphy. dancing? And Donna Murphy. And the teacher, yeah. Yes. Okay. They were like, we're going to get dance doubles for you if you want them. Or well, the teacher we'll, makes we'll total them. sense. I don't even know if we see the teacher dance. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm going to tell you. Susan May Pratt took classes when she was younger, and she went home to East Lansing, Michigan. That's Michigan, right? How yeah. do I know that? I don't even know. And took a weekend intensive, and the teacher was like and she looks like a ballet dancer she so does. you're like why wouldn't you she's kind of got that lithe you know real trim yeah, she looks yeah. like a dancer so the actually in the the teacher was like i wish i mean i could make a dancer out of you saldana they knew that she wasn't a professional ballet dancer she had stopped dancing two or three years before that but she was trained gotcha so that's why she was able they were able to get as many close-ups as they did of her yes so um, so zoe saldana did go in as an actor and was focusing on acting but had been trained in dancing so she had that skill set yes okay that makes sense yes to this day susan may pratt's like i think i did a terrible job and i don't and i think they were looking for a real dancer and i never felt like i feel like the choreographer was just like jesus christ like fine um which is sad for her but um, Donna Murphy, and this I love because like, I could totally see this like epic Broadway star being like, what the fuck are you? I am not a ballet dancer. And and uh, Nick Heitner's like, you, you can dance. I know it. I've seen you dance. And she's like, not like this. What are you talking about? So she only agreed. She said, you, they need to agree to put me in training basically tomorrow to acquire as much as I can. And I advise them to shoot me from the waist up. I'll work intensely on my port de bra. What is that? Well, it's to do with the arms. Oh, you know, yeah. The, the the bending and the... Yeah. You saw all that. She, yeah. That looked real. Yeah. But you never saw her dance. Think about it. I know. Cause she, and she could probably just walk around and stand on her feet like normal and mm-hmm. then just wave her mm-hmm. arms around and be like, I'm a dancer. Yeah. Yep. So that's what they did. Same with... Um, the same thing happened with Susan May, May Pratt because her um, double got sick. Oh. And so I'll get to that. Um Peter Gallagher can't remember if he had to audition or if they were just like, hey, do you want to do this? Ian Bailey, I'm sure I'm saying your name wrong. Sorry, dude. Um, He auditioned, didn't think he got it, but he did. Then they got into like research and it was crazy. And Peter Gallagher said that he would just go to ABT and watch everybody and cry because it was so beautiful. And he's like, how? As he says, they were just becoming excellent, extraordinary creatures that could do these otherworldly things. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is just so true. Donna Murphy actually danced with, a, she, she trained with a ballet master at ABT and former dancer Kirk Peterson, who was in the, I think he was the guy that was like, hello, I'm waiting, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. 
she watched, she observed a lot of teachers. She saw how, she saw how they taught. She actually, when she went in, people were like, oh, where do you teach? And she's like, I'm doing something right. Hmm. Susan May Pratt said, I was really glad I had a dance double, but she's only in one scene in the movie. She's supposed to be, she's in the movie as another character a bunch, um, as just another dancer. Because every dancer sure. that's there is either was either from the New York City Ballet or from American Ballet Theater, yeah. which is really fucking cool. Yeah, they all seem like dancers. Yeah. Um, she got the flu. So if you watch the film carefully, her character doesn't just doesn't dance. Think about it. Yeah, it's really rare. You only see her in like a couple of brief shots in some classes. She's supposed to be the best dancer in the film. She says all they do it. is say, oh, she's such a great dancer. There's only one time and the rest is me doing arms. Yeah, that's one of the and that's one of the things I thought about, because, again, like a lot of the movie is from a movie standpoint. One of the reasons it's weak is they're just telling you stuff like she's such a good dancer, but you never see it. Or like, she's such a bitch, but you never actually see her be a bitch. Yeah. Uh, or they just see all these things and you never actually see them get fixed. Or they're like, fix your turnout, but you don't see it evolve. You don't actually see them like fail. She never fixes her turnout. Exactly. But you never really, you don't see anybody like fail or succeed in like visibly notable uh, ways, you know, with the dancing. It's just kind of like, they just tell you like, and then this is happening and she's a good dancer and we got to do this. And so you just kind of like go along with <laughs> Get it. Get over here. What's yeah. going on? So yeah. Yeah. You're like, whatever. Like, cause they were like at the beginning, they were like, she's so suck up. She's a bitch. And I was like, she's been nice to all of you all the time. I thought she was a total bitch. And then the, she's not a Are bitch. You talking about Maureen? Yeah. She's not a bitch until minutes later when she's talking to her mom. And then you're like, okay, I can see why they would say that about her. Mm. But then the rest of the time, they're just like, whatever. I'm like, I don't know. So, uh, Zoe Saldana said she had to take classes with the company and it was just totally overwhelming. She was verge. She was very insecure. She said, when you're around dancers, it's like being around gazelles, you know, you just find yourself paralyzed watching them. That is totally true. She said, my dance double was the sweetest person. And my gosh, she was so talented at that time. I think she was the only woman of color at New York city ballet. Her name was Aisha Ash. Um, and she was truly beautiful. I'm such a nerd. I mean, I could 100% tell when I was like, that is not Zoe Saldana's face. Like, yep. at all. I saw that a couple of times. And I was going to ask you about mm -hmm. that because there was one scene. I think it was in one of the classroom scenes. Uh, and you see her jump and like her face is turned too much toward camera. Mm -hmm. And it's noticeably a different person. Mm -hmm. And it, it was like, whoa, hello. That's not Zoe Saldana at all. And then no. it like lands and cuts and they're like, that's not her. She they didn't do that. Very different facial features. Very different. Yeah. The body was good, but the facial features were Yeah, and again, obvious. you just can't have the double look toward camera, especially 20 years ago. I mean, it's it reminds me how a couple years ago, the movie I, Tanya with Margot Robbie, where mm -hmm. she played Tanya Harding, um, she did a lot of skating, but a lot of the skating was also a double. That it they, was actually Tanya Harding. Was, yeah, no. <laughs> it was a double that they then just CG Margot Robbie's face on yeah. in post, which you could pull off in the late 20 teens. But in 2000, especially for a movie this budget, you're not going to be able to get. So, like, yeah, the, I, I saw those doubles pop up and I was like, well, that's, that's an accident. Dude, what's up? Every night, every time. If we lock him out and we do this podcast, he has to yell at us and play with his toys. So weird. Hercules. Uh, Sasha says, and this is something I didn't know. We had way more rehearsals than we would ever have in a company. It's just a different process with Stroman coming from the Broadway world where I think they rehearse things and drill them over and over and over. Whereas at ABT and City Ballet, you all, you're always under rehearsed. You kind of go out there and that's part of the magic, the spontaneity. 
I did not know that. Uh, I could have told you that because I've got a long history of dance. I would not think that spontaneity would be something that the ballet would want. I would think they would want like perfection. Yeah, because it's like, hey, a human's going to be falling toward you. Can you catch that human? Yeah, you should practice that <laughs> more than just like, hey, I'll get you on the day. No, you won't. <laughs> Can you get me fucking right now, Johnny Stifle or whatever your name is? You're going to catch me. Stifle. You're going to catch Stifle. me twenty times, and then we're going to go out there and we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. Stroman said she rehearsed them all to death. She actually, that is uh, something that I read in this article. The dancers were like, it was incredibly hard to do this movie because they're not used to having to dance for, say, 12 hours a day where they they get all warmed up and they do a thing yeah. and then they have to stop. Yeah. And then they have to start again and then they have yeah. to stop. They're the like, hurry Whoa. up and wait of movie production. That'll like, hurt a person. Oh, like, yeah, because they have to like hurt a person. shoot, reset, shoot, reset, new, new scene, new, you know, new lights, etc. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that, that would that, mess you up. You can actually hurt yourself. Um, I identify, again, long history of dance. Yes. So yes. I know their pain. Um, speaking of, you were talking about uh, Zoe being a good actress donna murphy who any anybody who's like a broadway star i think i'm like you know acting because to do broadway where you don't get to stop and do a read you know another take you gotta be good Mm -hmm. she said i loved my scenes with zoe saldana it may have been the first day of filming and i recognized the way she was just so focused i just remember coming out of that saying that girl's gonna be a star I mean, everybody there was disciplined, everybody, but there was something about her. And there is. And yeah. And that's why she is who she is today. Again, and I agree. Like, she's she's definitely got uh, the talent in, in a lot of ways that some of the other dancers have, although not their their level. But her acting and presence is so natural. And it's one of the funny things. Like, when you have a bunch of actors on camera, you they all kind of equal out. You know, sometimes you kind of forget they're all actors unless mm-hmm. one has like a really standout performance or moment. Mm-hmm. But when you have an actor just doing basic work next to amateurs who are amateurs on screen, mm-hmm. you realize how good and how casual even a beginning actor has to be to pull this off. It reminds mm-hmm. me of, you know, how a lot of times that was actually one of the interesting weak parts of the of uh, the, t- the show The Wire because they would cast a lot of non-actors in principal roles, especially non-actors who had had major, um, who played parts in this real city drama. And so they were very stiff and unbelievable on camera. Um, it also reminded me appropriately of Haywire because Gina Carano, oh, yes. amazing fighter in the fight scenes. But they were like, we got to make her not talk as often as possible. <laughs> it's the truth. Because she Please don't barely talk. we love talks. You. She doesn't talk that much and even the time she's not talking trying to sell stuff with her face it's just a little either over the top or under you know because mm-hmm. she's not an actor it reminds me of you know uh when the guy playing um elliot cooper what's his cooper nielsen cooper nielsen Stiefel. thank you he the whole time he always had like a really charismatic smile but dead eyes like shark eyes like it never he did not have dead eyes the he whole time big old Gorgeous blue eyes. Because like he had that very dead, flat. You can see him and the guy who played Charlie because they're not actors waiting to deliver their lines. And they deliver every line with the same flat inflection and no emotion because it's not their skill set. And so when you see somebody like Zoe Saldana, even in her first movie, you're like, oh, wow, she's really bringing it. And there are some great moments like when she's practicing alone in the practice room and then the teacher comes in and they kind of have that moment together. There's some good stuff. You know, she's mm-hmm. really good. Mm hmm. I like I like this part. Um, Steve L talks about uh, 
It's really, I've literally for 20 years called him Stifle, so it's like really hard for me to call him Steve Not to his face, though. No. I don't have to talk when we're together. Because okay. It's just dancing. Jeez. Let's just dance. Set that up. Oof. Everyone, he says, everyone was very committed to making sure throughout the film, whether it was me or Julie or Sasha, that we were happy or as happy as we could be with the dance performances because it was really an opportunity to put the art form on film for posterity. Think about that. That's, I mean, how often do you watch ballet on the, on the television? Never. That's the thing. So he that was this was a really big deal for them. I totally agree uh, and understand. Donna said, and that's the thing. Nick allowed that, uh, the director. And I think it's because when it came to wanting this film to be legit, he knew that Ethan was this master. He trusted his eye. On other films I've done since, there's not there's not so much monitor watching allowed. Um, Larry Mark, the, the producer, said Nick really wanted it to have it feel as real and authentic as possible. Clearly, that is Julie Kent. Clearly, that is Sasha Radetzky. Clearly, that is Amanda Schul. We're not closing in on their faces spinning about. We're actually seeing their whole body from head to toe. It's a very Gene Kelly approach to dance. Well, I was going to bring up Fred Astaire, too, because, you know, this came out in 2000. Musicals long past their heyday. Yep. And we got like a minor, minor spike with Moulin Rouge in 01 and some other stuff in the years following, but really not, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this movie's not a musical, but this movie has a lot of dancing like musicals do. And it does what a lot of the classic musicals do and that it just keeps the camera rolling from about middle distance. So you get a little above their head, a little below their feet, enough to capture their whole body and see that it's really them moving. And, you know, you get and a lot of those butts. long. Yeah. And a lot of those are sweet, sweet booties. Sweet dude booties. That ass, though. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I totally got what they were going for. Like, you see the guy, Cooper Nielsen, running and jumping and flying. And you're like, that's really a person doing that because they didn't cut or do anything crazy. Like, I didn't it's think. Like they're, it's like they're being held in the air with strings. Yeah. The I f- don't know how they do it. It's like they float. The uh, The cinematography wasn't great, great. And some of the dancing scenes were not shot as um, maybe as compellingly. As, as they could have been or, or might have been in another way. But there were some really great moments. I loved there's a there's a there's a rehearsal scene where Cooper Nielsen and Charlie are puffing their chests out at each other and like dancing back and forth. And they're like, try this. Will you try this? Will you try this? And what happens is um, at first we'll get like a, a medium shot of one of them and then it'll cut to farther away and they'll run and jump. And the camera very consciously is positioned so that it has to follow them and then move up and then back down to get them. So they're not just like moving in a static frame, but the camera has to track and follow them a little to kind of like mimic you following them with your eye. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts and it's actually really well shot and edited scene because you see these guys just flying back and forth in a rehearsal room and you realize that this is just backstage practice and they have this power that they can just kind of casually wield. And that I thought was a really cool, well-shot moment. And I was hoping for more like that. I didn't get a ton, but what are you going to do? Um, but but again, they they let a lot of those shots stay in, in those wider angles because they want to show this is really this guy doing this. When when uh, Stiefel is spinning and spinning and spinning, they're like, just roll the camera. Yeah. Because you're not going to believe a person can do this. Yeah. And, until you see it happen and then it blows you away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, you're talking about that uh, that scene uh, the boys actually apparently that's something that guys do after class. They goof around and try to one up each other, but like good natured wise, they're sure. not like being dicks about it. Um, Stroman was like, "We're gonna play." Can she said, "We're gonna play." Can you top this to win the girl and let then let them 
do it. So, so they made was, up the moves. They made up the moves. Cool. And um, she's like, uh, do a pirouette here. And she was like, I, I did that thinking I'd get three and they'd give her 15. And she's like, oh, my God. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I can't even imagine being the choreographer and being like, hello, I. OK, uh, how do I how do I handle these these creatures? Um, Sasha Rodetsky talks about about how they did their their uh, back and forths and them just trying to I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. But it looks beautiful. And then at the end in the performance, when uh, Charlie does the really hard move that um, that Cooper like tried to nail him on, he just gives him this like eye and it's super cute. Anyway, um, <laughs> look at you. You're just like staring at me because I talk about butts. Um, butts. I'm very I'm very Tina in this in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Just Tina Belcher. Tina Belcher, yeah. I'm very butts. Suddenly, Tina Belcher appeared in the doorway. She knew what she had to do. She grabbed Jimmy Jr.'s butt and changed the world. <laughs> okay, Tina. That was a great story. Now let's pass back the mic. Everyone began to touch each other's butts. Omar touched Jocelyn's butt. Chad the zombie touched the butt of that girl with the frosted hair from my art class. I think her name is Christy. It's Katie and ew. Even the horrible headmaster Fran touched Miss Jacobson's butt. What? What? Not, not, yeah. <laughs> Everyone touched each other's butts and it was great. Um, so now we've got, uh, Maureen. Let's talk about Maureen, played by Susan May Pratt. She was she, good. She was, you know, she was who she was. God bless her. Uh, she plays a ballerina who is the the best in the in the school, and her mom works for ABT, and it's like or AB the school, and is like a huge like just pressure, 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 pressure on Maureen. Real stage. Maureen mom. has bulimia, and is also a massive bitch. But she starts dating. Ian Bailey, who is a pre-med student at Columbia. Named Jim Gordon. Named Jim Gordon. Which... You know how you know how young guys in 2000 were named Jim Gordon? Jim Gordon. You know, you know all those guys you went to high school with in 1999 named Jim Gordon? <laughs> you know, hi, I'm Jim, a, I'm Jim Gordon. Ador- I never thought about his name. I'm Jim I Gordon. I was adorable. M- my name makes me 57 years old Shut or up. the police commissioner of Gotham City. So she gets, we know she has bulimia. Um, at a certain, at the most, as, as she says in this article, the most quotable scene of the entire movie, Jim confronts her about her eating disorder and the Havoc ballet is reeking on her mental state, prompting her to storm out of his apartment, but not before delivering a scathing insult. During our interview, Susan May Pratt re-delivered the line and reader, she still got it. I'm the best goddamn dancer in the American Ballet Academy. Who the hell are you? Nobody. Listen to me. Please, look, I don't, I don't want to drive you away. I just want to help you. I don't need any help. I'm fine. I am the best goddamn dancer in the American Ballet Academy. Who the hell are you? Nobody. And so that is, she says people quote it to her all the time. And she says she cringes because she knows it wasn't supposed to be funny the way it was written, but like... People, and he, yeah. it's, it's so, it's bad. I'm sorry. It's bad writing. That whole thing. She's like, and the way that she's talking, it's just really weird. It's it like it was bad dubbed. Writing. I don't know. It's bad writing. Well, the thing is, it's tricky. Like, it's almost like the worse the writing, the better the actor has to be to make the material 
work not totally, but as well as it can. Yeah. Which again is why I thought Zoe Saldana brought surprising amount of believability to calling a lady a gerbil and making that sound like a burn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she storms out and again it's a terrible line, a terrible script. She does her best, but I was like, that's just bad writing. This is obviously not the star's fault. But it reminded me again so much of Varsity Blues because it's got the storm outs and the lines. Also, there's a scene in this where the kids go out dancing and drunk and the next day they're like hungover at practice. It's just like Varsity Blues. Yeah. It's Varsity Blues with dancing. Which came first? Oh, let's find out. Okay, while you do that, I'm going to tell you that um, apparently this movie was a little bit like the Olympic Village, uh, if you know what I mean. Drugs. No. Fierce competition and patriotism. No. National pride. No. Parade of flags. No. Track suits. No. Norway. Yes. There it is. Ian Bailey says he hung out with the cast a lot. Um, Amanda and Zoe, sometimes Sasha and Shaquem, who um, Shaquem Evans played ballet student Eric Jones. His friend Holt McCallany gave uh, Ian his apartment in Tribeca and he would have get togethers. They'd play Truth or Dare. It was so much fun. Amanda goes, we did go over there. We did play Truth or Dare. And what happens in Ian's great apartment stays in Ian's great apartment. So Saldana goes, I'm going to keep that to ourselves. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys were doing naughty stuff in that apartment. I'm just imagining a giant orgy. Uh, oh by the way. Oh my God, I would have paid to be there. Real quick. Varsity Blues was January 99. Okay. So it came first. Okay. Because this was summer of 2000. All right. So there you go. We were just kids, Mox. As Saldana says, they were fun times. I mean, it's summer in New York for the love of God. And we're all in our late teens or early 20s. And it's our first or second shot at doing something that we absolutely love. So yeah, people were getting it on. And who can blame them? Yeah, all those kids were underage getting served at those bars in New York. And all I thought was like, they're just giving them drinks. Huh. Yeah. They're like 18. I don't know if all of them were 18. Uh, the main girl definitely was, Jody. Yes, yes, but I don't know if all of them are. Because her parents are like, do you want to go to college or dance? And she's like, I want to dance. Yeah, she does. Like but the thing that. is, her parents, clearly, they're either, they're, her parents are so not actors that they were found on the street and said, listen. They you, really were. They, they like, were terrible. Like, listen, you guys look relatively clean. Would you like $20 and a ham sandwich and sign this waiver and you want to be in a movie? Mm-hmm. And they're like, sure, this sounds like a fun way to kill an afternoon. They could have been tourists for all I fucking know. Mm-hmm. They're so bad. And they're in, like the opening scene where they're auditioning and she's like, I got it. And they're like, but don't you want to go? to college and she's she's like i gotta go and they never show up again and then they show up at the end when like the the final dance thing and like you were so great and i honest to god forgot they existed they showed up on screen with flowers for her and i was like holy shit it's you guys like (laughs) why are you even fucking here who wrote you into this fucking movie you don't need to be here at all like that's again it it struck me as like a very endearing like a ragtag summer camp movie kind of feel like the parents didn't need to be there at all no story, no help, no point. Mm-hmm. Like, cut them. Cut them entirely. She she doesn't get homesick. She never talks to her parents. They are not an obstacle. They support her. They say, don't you want to do this? She's like, no, I want to go. And you never hear from them again. And then at the end, they're like, congrats. You're like, okay, you guys are pointless. Like, mm-hmm. they have nothing to do. So bless their hearts. They're so bad that you forget they're in the movie. And then they come in and are bad all over again. And you're like, oh, my yeah. God, you guys. It's like if you got like just anybody's parents to be in this movie like bless their hearts yeah um 
they had to film a lot of stuff like in the middle of the night because uh, people had jobs during the day. The American Ballet Theater didn't stop because these three principal dancers were in a movie. So they were like, we got to dance and we got to dance. Um, and you could see that. Like a lot of the rehearsal rooms, you see the windows behind them, but you can tell it's a fake city backdrop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sasha talks about it being really fun doing the, uh, the, the ending scene with the whole cast and like he he and uh, ethan are uh fighting over jody um but they were shooting really late at night in lincoln center and it had its challenges it was hard to stay warm muscle wise i imagine he's i'm they, they probably didn't turn off the heat um i'm terrible <laughs> well sorry kids after hours you're lost um i'm gonna pronounce this wrong um stiefel no it's stiefel stiefel but um like stefan urkel Zoe Saldana's body double. This is when uh, she and Amanda Schuler are talking about how hard it was to dance. It was three o'clock in the morning on the last day, and they're doing this last thing where Schul is doing a. She, it's called a fuete, fuete. That's right. Fuete, I have no idea. Fuete, tour a la second, double pirouette, fuete, fuete. Anyway, so she's just like spinning around, spinning around, spinning around, and um, her red point shoes. She said they've been dancing. It was start, stop, start, stop. She said, my body just didn't hold out, just wasn't capable of staying on point for that, literally on point on her toes. Nick Heitner wanted her point shoes to be all red, but they were dyed, and so they were really slippery, and she just kept falling. Oh, shit. Which I um, can't, can't. That would have to hurt. Yeah, and Nick Heitner's like, come on, we got it. And she's like, I'm going to die. And he's like, no, no, you're going to be good. She's like, I don't think you understand anything. So they interview every actor. This is... This is 20 years later. Of all the films I've done, that's the one that seems to mean the most, is what, like, all of them said, which I think is really interesting. Oh, also, they cut the script down big time. It was supposed to be a lot longer. And also, the each girl was supposed to have as much of a storyline as Jody. That would have been like a nine-hour movie. Yeah. The movie as is was two hours. I'm su- it was not. It was 111 minutes. So, yeah, an hour and 51 minutes. There you go. So that's two, not two hours. I apologize for the for rounding up those nine minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's two hours. Um, there's no way. Why would you want to do that? Jody's the main character. I know. No one else gives a shit about the rest of the girls. I know. Whatever. Uh, Carol had a whole big old fit about it. No one's um, like, "What's happening to to Blever?" You know, over there yeah. in the corner. Zoe Saldana says that uh, every time people come up to her because they recognize her from things, half of people reference center stage. This is a woman that's been in a large number of films. A ton. And big films. And they're like, center stage. And she's like, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to you gotta give a movie props totally. when it is the, <laughs> when someone's been in fucking Guardians of the Galaxy, Star mm. Trek. Uh, she was in Guardians? Oh, my God. She was in Guardians. That's right. She's painted up. Hello. I forget. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Uh, yeah, she, she's been in tons of stuff. She says it's usually young women and also women in their 40s, what, and yep. 50s, who were at the time of their lives Children. in their 20s. Yep. Um, and so now they're like, center stage. I know, that's what I would do. Mary Sue Pratt was in 10 Things I Hate About You, which Daniel reminded me of. She plays the Shakespeare-loving best friend. And she said, people love that movie, but people really love center stage. It's a lot of people's, what, guilty pleasure. Yeah. Which you, I, I don't agree with that term. I don't agree either. I think it's more bold and honest to say, I like this thing. And I'm self-aware and honest with myself to say, mm-hmm. I don't think it's good, but I like it. Yeah. Be brave. Live live 
out in the open, man. Live your truth. Own your love of Stiefel's butt. Yeah, it's not a guilty pleasure. It's a pleasure. You can like a thing that isn't good, man. Yeah, I like you. Okay. Oh, that wasn't right. You was, are very good, and was, I love you. I don't like that. I, I don't know why I said it. Mean. I know. I'm sorry. The dog looked up at that the one. The dog, she was like, listen, I've been asleep, but that was a low blow. Not cool. Um... Yeah, people. Uh, Peter Gallagher said uh, that that they will bring it up with him. The dancers all say that it, it's brought up. Uh, Donna Murphy is in star has starred in a number of Broadway shows where the brilliant dancers in the show would say, "Oh my God, center stage just was everything." Um, Sasha Radetsky said the ballet is really the star of it, and Larry and Nick insisted that it not be trimmed away. I'm guessing that the studio execs were like, oh, gosh, is an audience going to sit through all this ballet? But I think it is. Nope. What... Well, yes. Well, no, like I'm saying, sadly, they didn't. Well, that's true. But I did. And many, many women did. Many women did. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Amanda Schulz says, I didn't realize because it was my first job, but I was getting to embody a character in a world that people maybe didn't have any access to or didn't understand. Then after having seen the movie, they had a better idea of why we do what we do and why so many dancers feel like they're compelled to dance. What genuinely brings tear genuinely brings tears to my eyes. I've had a number of male dancers approach me and say, I showed my parents that movie and that's when they understood why I love to dance. And that's something I never could have anticipated. That's nice. Right? That's real nice. I, I really like that. Um, just like I really like this movie. Um, of course, do it. And I think, you know, like I said, it it is flawed deeply. As you as you used to say, oh my God, y'all, when he was writing movie reviews. Oh my God. Just, uh, can I just one preface of my this with a what? He would say that it was deeply, deeply, deeply flawed. Yeah, I never wrote it, thank goodness. But yeah, I was a questionable asshole for the huge oh i that was i didn't mean that as an asshole it just made me laugh when you'd say that you'd be like it was deeply Deeply flawed deeply flawed yeah um and and yeah because it's not great it reminds me again like of a teen movie like if you as an adult saw this now for the first time male or female i think you'd be like okay i get it you know but it's made for young people you know like it's you know at the end i don't know someone's still watching jody jody has uh you know she has a fling with Cooper Nielsen. Yeah, she does. Who then rejects her, and so she feels spurned by him. But she agrees to be the principal in his ballet company, and there's like no blowback. He's like, "Oh, that's fine." You know, he's not assuming that they're going to be together, like because she turns him down, and he's like, "That's still great. You can still be the star of my company." And I'm like, "Yeah, that is. It's very much made for young people. That like super fantasy ending and super fantasy." tell off the bad guy and you get the it's it's great he wasn't a bad guy though he was just he just shagged anything that moved exactly yeah but like you know he was he started to move back in on her like come on come be with me we could be great together and she's like okay i will but we're not gonna you know you're you suck as a boyfriend which i'm like that was not your boyfriend um but it was very much like aimed at younger people again like it's a it's a teen movie you know so like if i saw a teen movie from back then yeah for the first time today i'd probably be like oh i totally get it yeah i totally get it but i'm not gonna have any like passion or enjoyment for it because it's not going to be about me like but the teen movies from when i was a teen like shit there's uh it's not like the oscars overlooked can't hardly wait that year it wasn't snubbed you know it's just like that was a teen movie from my teen years Mm. and you know you love it because it's a teen movie from your teen years somebody once told me the world was gonna roll me (laughs) i ain't the sharpest tool in the shed smash mouth yeah I'm not even getting it right. My cousin's in that movie. Your cousin Ethan Embry. 
No. Your cousin uh, Jerry O'Connell. No. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your cousin Peter Facinelli. No. Seth Green. No. Um, one of the nerds on the roof. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, that's right. Jennifer Love Hewitt, your cousin. My cousin Jennifer Love Hewitt. Your cousin Love. Yep. Cousin Love. That's what she was called. She never calls anymore. Nope. You never hear from her. But yeah, all that to say, like, if I saw Can't Hardly Wait now for the first time at 37, almost 38, I'd be like, this is dumb. But I get why kids back in the day liked it. Absolutely. No, you know? I'm But like you. back in the day when I saw it, I was like, this movie fucking owns. I'm going to buy the CD. Like, I loved it. This is like that. Like, it, you know, I, don't, I can't bear it any ill will. It's not a good movie, but it's like, it's almost like it knows we're not going to be a good movie. We're just going to show some dancing and but like. See, that's the thing. I think that if a dancer saw it, they'd be like, "This is amazing." Yeah, because it captures the dancing really well. That's the thing. But the actual acting, storytelling, writing, directing, everything that would make it a movie is not good. But it shoots a lot of really good. Some of it's good. It shoots a lot of really good dances. It captures a lot of very lengthy, good dance sequences. And again, that reminds me of a lot of classic musicals. How when they were turning them out. A lot of classic musicals, westerns, genre pictures of the 30s and 40s were not good by anybody's standards. But you went because you're like, I want to see a cowboy or I want to see a monster in a lake. You know, you're like, that's what mm-hmm. I want to see. I want to mm-hmm. see a guy sing and dance. A lot of just because the movie's old doesn't mean it's good. You know, uh, yeah, just because it's Holiday Inn. Yeah, just because it's black and white doesn't mean you're going to have a good time. So this is kind of like that. Like the dancing is really good and they shoot a lot of really good dances and you can tell the people are spectacularly talented. So that is high quality and really cool that they capture these people because, again, one of the most accurate lines in the screenplay is when one character says you can only dance for 10 years, 15 if you don't get hurt. And so they captured all these people who were young and at the peak of their physical prowess and it's yeah. it's immortalized now on film that they could do these things. It's not just memories or some photos or videos. Like this movie is a time capsule of their ability to say, look what I used to be able to do. And yep. that's awesome. Yep. But as a movie, the stuff that would make it a film is not good. Yeah. Like Susan Stroman won an American Choreography Award for it. Yeah, because totally, the dancing was totally the, justified. Like Sasha Rodetsky says, dancing. It the was dance about was the dancing. The yeah, you're not going to go into this expecting because again, like it's you're not going to go into this expecting characterization or plot or compelling performances. You're if you get some good performances, you're going to be lucky, you know. And that's they. It's a low budget movie. Most of the money was probably Peter Gallagher and choreographers, you know, because mm-hmm. you can pay the dancers scale because they're new, you know. They don't have to pay any money for this. And it was also really efficiently cheaply made. Like there was one scene toward the middle where Cooper Nielsen and the ballerina are dancing in a show together and you only see the audience in one cutaway. And it's the same audience shot you'll see at the end of the movie because it's really just the camera on them on stage and from the wings because there's no audience there right then. They're just dancing. But you know, I could tell there was no audience in the room. But you can shoot around that and make it seem like, oh, there's a big production and sound effects and stuff. So I get it. Like that was a smart way to do that um yeah so yeah um just a little just a little couple little tidbits um the subplot in which cooper attracts the financial support of a flirtatious wealthy female philanthropist which by the way would be me if i was an older woman with 200 million dollars or however much money she had i can't remember 200 million 200 million dollars i would 100 percent go get me a boy toy ballet dancer and be like what up i will give you whatever you want let's just see that booty in action um i have no problem with that 
is mentioned in an August, that whole thing is mentioned in an August 15th, 2004 New York Times article entitled How Much Is That Dancer in the Program, which revealed that Stiefel had a very similar real-life sponsorship relationship with a philanthropist named Anka Palitz. Throwing that D around. Uh, well, <laughs> if you got it, more like throw it. More like Johnny Stiefel, am I right? Oh, Jesus Christ. No. Hello. Okay, now I gotta find this video. <laughs> I gotta. That's not the only place you can spin like that. That's hello. Oh my! No, I'm not giving you a high five. No for high that. five. No. Uh, the single from the movie "I Want to Be with You" is performed by Mandy Moore. She was very young. She was um, born in 84. It gained a ton of... That's how old my, my brother... I know. I'm saying she was very young at the time. She oh was yeah, 15. Anyway, she... it gained a lot of airplay on MTV. Um, the song's video was directed by Nigel Dick, which I don't... <laughs> that's just is fantastic. Uh, shows a 16-year-old Moore in a dance studio singing to her love interest, who was played by Sasha Radetzky from the movie. I have to see this now, because I never saw it before, and it'll just give me more Sasha Radetzky... More, more, more. I love it. The soundtrack is fantastic. We've got Mandy Moore. We've got uh, the Quai. She's just a cosmic girl. Oh, yeah. From another galaxy. My heart's in zero gravity. She's from a cosmic world. Yeah, we got plenty of uh, Jamiroquai. We've got. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, we've got Michael Jackson, we've got two songs by Mandy Moore, both are awesome. Uh, yeah, like, the, the Mandy Moore songs, when they came on, it was, again, another amazing flashback to high school, because I remember Candy, and I remember I Want to Be With You. It yeah. was nuts. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to hear a song like that that was like a pop-it from your childhood that you haven't heard in forever. Yeah. You know? It's one thing if it's like a song that's Talk like... Talk to me, baby. Show, show me who you are, are baby. Swear with me. And you're singing, mama, dance. And then you... I'm singing, dancing. And I'm up on center stage. And a man did more. Oh, my God. People are unsubscribing as we speak. And resubscribing. No. Please don't unsubscribe. We need uh, to On May 12th, 2020, which was the film's 20th anniversary, it was announced that a what follow-up TV series is in development. Not with COVID. Jennifer Caton Robinson will write, direct, and executive produce the series. Lawrence Mark, the producer of the original film, will also serve as exec producer. The series will follow a new group of students at the American Ballet Academy, now run by who... Cooper Nielsen. Now, I have seen a recent picture of the exquisite Ethan Stiefel, and he looks like someone who would murder you behind a seedy bar. He has a long, greasy red mustache and long, greasy red hair, and I don't like it. I'll put it on Instagram for you guys. Great. Um, but he's going to have to do something with that if he wants to be on television. 
because it's not going to work. They could just recast. You can't. What? You don't recast Cooper Nielsen. Who are you? Yeah, I mean, I get it, but. I really don't like you very much. Okay. <laughs> I um, figured they'd probably just be like, listen, can this dude get whip it back together or just we get another blonde guy? I think it's just his hair choice. I told you his body did not look bad. But the thing is, if they don't need Sasha the director. Sasha looks the same. If they don't need the director up? to do any dancing. Call me. Okay. If they don't need the director of the company to do any dancing, but they are going to need the guy to act, they're probably going to want to recast. Oh, you recast. Okay. So that is, that's kind of the rundown of the glorious center stage. Um, I completely, completely get it. Like, because again, I told you I had female friends in college that were like, this was their totem. This is their talisman. They swore on VHS copies of center stage. Oh, yeah. And now I see it. I'm like, I so get it. Mm-hmm. If I had been a girl back then, this would have been on a loop. For sure. Yeah. Like, I totally get it. For sure. I love I, it. Yeah. I, I pledge my allegiance to center stage. I completely get it. I didn't know what it was about at all going in. I thought I knew dancing. I didn't know it was about a ballet academy. Didn't know a single thing. Mm. Didn't know it all. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Well, there you go. Cool. Now you know. And it has, you know, a link back to Fight Club. Yeah. Which is weird. Again, like, weird. But it, it was the 30 Rock thing where I really knew him from. That was, oh my God, just... When you said that, it was like a weight slipping off my shoulders. Like, I could just feel myself thinking, oh, that's where I know he him from. He was stupid handsome. He's he stupid handsome. Well, that's the thing. He's like, like Paul, he's like a another, he's kind of a Paul Ruddish type. Yeah, because this movie came out in 2000, and he did that 30 Rock episode more than 10 years later, and he looked yeah. the same. Yeah. Like, he's the delicious. dude probably still looks great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look him up and see. How do you look, Ian Bailey? Let's find out. Is that really your name? It's bound to be. It'd be the worst fake. A-N-A-Y-O-N-Y-O. It's, mm, I don't know. We don't know how to pronounce your name, Bailey. Ian. Here we go. We're looking it up. No, he's ugly now. No, are you serious? No, he's still super hot. Are you awesome. kidding me? Please. <laughs> no, like, I went to Google image search, and it's just like, it's like a computer made him. Oh, yeah. He, he apparently gets posted a lot on the Reddit thread uh lady boners <laughs> look at all these photos look at that <laughs> oh gosh golly hello well how are you sir let's find what i'm gonna do something that i shouldn't even do on the air he's got he's got some of these little muscles right there that's not bad that's not he's bad. a little too hairy for me though yeah not, thank goodness not too big into the hairy dude. i am smooth <laughs> and pearlescent <laughs> You're, you're opalescent. I am an opalescent. I have a, I have a Superman shaped thatch of hair on my sternum. Why are you telling me? But the rest this? of me is smooth. <laughs> and like he lets a, me. And he lets me give him raspberries on his like tummy. A, like a porpoise. Like he I just, I just me. knife through the water, but I never go in the water because it's where fucking sharks live. Oh my god! Did I not? I told you that whole thing about the guy who was friends with the shark for like twenty years, and she came to him every day to get her head scratched, and, and I she loved was so it. Sweet. Do you know why that shark did that? So other sharks could get away with it. <sighs> sharks are not your enemy. <sighs> They're not my friend. They are your friend. Well, I don't know any of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got on this. I'm looking at more pictures of you and ian ian bailey ian oh yeah wikipedia says ian good job ian damn i got it right ian francis hamilton bailey he played private webster and band of brothers uh i know all the stuff i literally he was in mind hunters 
You said he was friends with Holt McCallany, who was in Mindhunters. No, he was in uh, a different Mindhunters. It was oh, this Mindhunters. That's an amazing. Oh my, he was in the shitty movie Mindhunters. Yeah. With uh, with LL Cool J and Christian Slater. Oh my god, that's an amazing coincidence. There you go. He and Holt McCallany are friends, and they're both in a Mindhunters. I know. Let's watch that Mindhunters. Okay. Yeah, he was born in J- June of '76. What's that? He's six feet. Zero inches tall. All right, that's still good enough for me. He's married, unfortunately, with two kids. When has that ever stopped me? It's <laughs> a really good point. Oh, he was—he appeared on Dawson's Creek. Didn't everybody appear? We on did. Dawson's I was Creek? on Dawson's Creek. How I was going to say Dawson Leary. There's no fucking way that he winds up as a film producer at like 23 with that giant head. By the end of that, yeah, like I mean, he should have been in a hospital for that size of that head. <laughs> but like. He finally he becomes like a like no way are you a producer you're a PA at most man he's like he became kind of like some muckety muck job at the end of that and he was like like whatever man Pacey and Joey were right to leave you behind so what's your hell yeah for this week Ewan Francis Bailey no it's Ian Ian Francis Bailey shit Ian Francis Bailey okay no um let's see <laughs> that can totally be your hell what, yeah yeah what is my hell yeah for this <laughs> you week? have a huge crush on Ian Francis Ian Hamilton Francis Bailey Hamilton <laughs> McGuire the third um what is my hell yeah for this week let's think let's Hold think on. this is just gonna, dead air I can cut later dead air that we're cutting so who gives a Please make sure you get that out. Okay, so I got a hell yeah. It's kind of a weird one. Yeah. Uh, because it's a good hell yeah within a bad thing. This is new territory for me. Oh. I, this week, watched It Chapter 2. It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's a, it's, it's a darn shame. Uh, the first movie was pretty cool. Kind of creepy and scary. Again, kind of overstuffed. Probably hard to follow if you haven't read the book, but not bad. This one was a clown house shit show in every way, top to bottom. But how do you feel? Yeah, it's it it's was deeply nuanced, deeply flawed. Yeah, so they made a weird decision to make this a horror comedy instead of a horror movie. So like there are moments of comedy and levity in a lot of horror movies, all of them that kind of like let the audience blow off some steam and kind of reset before you get back into the shit. Um, this has like goofiness and weird stuff, and it's like a horror comedy, and I don't agree with their decision to make this Beetlejuice basically by the end of it. It was a weird, weird call. But my hell yeah within that is the great casting and performance by Bill Hader because he's a really good actor and performer and a much better dramatic actor than I think anybody predicted when he was coming off SNL. But if you've seen Barry, you know how great he can be. You have the biggest biggest male boner for bill hater like I do. you're always being like I do. look at this thing about bill hater and I i'm do. like jesus i do i drink the haterade in a good way Absolutely. it is amazing he's so good in this though the cast casting him as the grown-up version of the character richie the class clown was inspired he does a great job he gives like one of the best performances him and jessica chastain give the best performances they do so much with the script they're given and even though the movie was so bizarre I really enjoyed his scenes and moments. Even in the middle of this craziness, he actually manages to connect. And, like, there are moments where he's conveying, like, loss and sadness over some some guy, people that didn't make it. And it's really good. And you're like, man, it's it's just a damn shame he was in the, trapped in this unfortunately bad movie because he does a really good job. So it's on HBO right now. And that's where I recommend you seek it out. It's definitely a kind of, like, bits and pieces or background kind of movie. You know, you don't have to, like 
sit down and think too hard about it because it's not that great. But Bill Hader gives a really good performance in it. And so my hell yeah is Bill Hader doing a yeoman's job in It Chapter 2. That's so, a good one. There you go. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And you are a huge Bill Hader head. Love Bill Hader. And see Barry. It's on HBO. It's so good. There you go. My hell yeah is uh, I feel stupid because it's taken me five years to to figure it out. I had never heard of the singer Andra Day. And I think it's, I don't know if it's because I don't listen to the radio anymore or I don't watch MTV or I don't, I don't know. We don't have TV. I don't know. How do kids find music? I'm old. I am just saying Is that I had TikTok? not heard, I had not heard of Andra Day until uh, the last episode, the last and truly really only episode that I'll watch of Some Good News. Um, they played the song, her song Rise Up, and I just sobbed through the whole thing. And then I looked her up and holy shit, she has got talent like fucking i want her and cynthia revo to teach like a master class it was out of control she's got a song okay so first of all she's she's inspired by all of the um like old greats you know like ella fitzgerald people like that um and you can hear it in her music but i am um for those of you who are unawares a huge bond fan and i did not come come to the bond uh recently i am bond from baby uh my father was like this is goldfinger you were born in it molded by it yes this is dr no you're 18 months old so uh i feel very strongly about my bond i also know every song and uh, in order um real quick uh she is not lying one night (laughs) we were talking about it like lying in bed and i was like bond songs and she she was like i know them all and i was like sing them all in order she's like okay and she did and also could tell me who sang them it was amazing you're welcome he at like maybe midway through maybe before he's like you don't have to keep doing this <laughs> I and was she like, was like oh you opened pandora's box bitch the hell Let's i don't go. have to keep doing this you're gonna hear it yep so having said all that she's got a song on this album called only love and if you are, if you know anything about James Bond movies, if you've ever seen one or ever heard, you know, any of the, if any you're of from the true Earth. songs, if you're from Earth, listen to this, listen to that song, Only Love, and tell me it is not a fucking Bond theme song. Only love can break your heart like poisonous Come who you So Daniel and I have decided she's got another song called Tomorrow, Not Today. We think that's the title. That should be the title of a Bond film. Because tell me that's not a great title. Tomorrow, Not Today. And the theme should be this Only Love song, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, it is amazing. It's got the horns. It's got the Bond. It's almost, got the vibe. It's almost got it's the got Bond the... theme in it, for Yeah, God's it's sakes. even got, like, the jazzy chords. Wah, and it, like, wah, ends wah, on, like, wah. a... Yeah, the album is called Cheers to the Fall. came out in 2015, Andra yes. Day. Yes, so she came out in 2015. I feel terrible that I've just now discovered her. Huh. Um, but she's also got a Christmas album, which I can only imagine is stupendous. I'm going to listen to that because I could listen to Christmas music any time That's of true. year. That's true. Uh, so she's my hell yeah. Please look her up, Andra Day. She was recently on, just this last week, I want to say, on Colbert. So um, check her out there. And um, yeah, that's my that's my hell yeah. That's a good one. Thank, well, you reminded me that she mm-hmm. is my she is my new girl crush, my yep. new my new vocal crush. 
Yep. Um, yeah. So center stage. I feel center like stage. I went a little long, but who cares? How can you? How can you truly express the gloriousness of wood <laughs> without? Yes. <laughs> really talking for at least an hour and fifteen minutes. Dense. Dense. How you feel? Yeah. Dense. How you feel? Dense. How you feel? Dense. How you feel? Dense it. Just like whatever you're feeling, just dance it. Now you're feeling right now? Just dance it. Why can't I dance like that? Just because you feel it. Just, just dance, dance it. how you feel. <laughs> I told you I'd remember your name. See? I remembered it. How are you doing? Did you have dinner? Do you want to get dessert? Hey. Oh my God. I thought I had cookies here. You're terrible. Bless their hearts. You're They're amazing dancers. We're ending this. They should never do undercover work. We're now. <laughs> We're ending this. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Y'all have a great week. Uh, enjoy your holiday day. Holiday. You said that's totally correct. And, <laughs> and we will see you next week with whatever just dreary misery Daniel pulls out to show me. Have you seen autofocus? <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Bye, Later. Everybody.